Support for this podcast comes from Candidate Hub. It's no secret that companies are struggling in this market to find top quality candidates. However, most organisations have thousands of potential candidates in their applicant tracking system. Candidate Hub's data-driven engagement platform allows you to revive that data from your ATS and see which of those candidates are still interested in your company, track their engagement, and then score them. So you know when it's the best time to start that conversation. Decrease your time to shortlist candidates by as much as 40%, double your recruiter's productivity with real-time data through Candidate Hub. What great ideas are so close within your grasp? Seeing other points of view, anticipating change, considering multiple possible turnouts, acknowledging uncertainty, searching for compromise. We're going to talk about how to get over those limiters of innovation so that you can extract better thinking from yourself and your team. So let's talk about how to win the future. Welcome to the Marketing Rules podcast from Thinking Circles. With me, your host, James Whitelock. Setting up your new recruitment agency is one of the most exciting and terrifying times of running a business. But what can you do to get it right, right from the start? Joining me this week is Bobby Banerjee, Director of Learning at Elevate. Bobby and I pool our knowledge to discuss how to make sure your new recruitment business is on the right track right from the start. Welcome back, everybody, to the Marketing Rules Podcast, and it's my pleasure today to be joined by Bobby Banerjee. Bobby, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Yeah, likewise. Great to, great to be on. Um, for those of you who uh, haven't met you or don't know you, one where, where have they been? But, you know, for those who don't, uh, could you give yourself a little bit of an introduction? Tell us a little bit about your background and, and what you do today. Yeah, no, absolutely. So um, I started off as a recruiter myself just over 10 years ago, uh, working for S3 uh, in Birmingham. Uh, so I had the trials and tribulations of being a brand new consultant in the world of, in the world of tech recruitment. Um, three, well, I say that three and a half, two and a half successful years. My first year was an absolute nightmare. Um, tore most of my hair out. I think I did two deals in my first year. Um, and so, so most, most places probably wouldn't hire me now, but um, over the last seven or eight years, I've been helping young recruiters essentially try and outperform the market by, you know, by doing a lot of training and coaching with them that looks at the humanist areas of recruitment, because actually we forget that we're working with humans and it's how do we, how would we react to certain things and using empathy-based learning, I guess, if you want to give it a fancy title, mm-hmm. um, to be able to, to be, to be able to, um, kind of get success from people. Putting the consultant back in consultant, right? That's the that's the plan, you know. It's it's trying to get people to think about things from that particular that particular viewpoint, and just remember that they were they were a candidate looking for a job at one point, and they've had they've been people with buying power. So how do you use that 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 self that self knowledge to then to then kind of impart what you do on others? I think it's one of those things that a lot of recruiters are, are now kind of paying more attention to. Right, you know, I was kind of. I always made this joke around, you know, recruitment consultants didn't really do much consulting. You know, that was, you know, that that consulting part was kind of left out. Now I know that's become more and more important because as this kind of fight over good candidates, you want to kind of be able to build those relationships and and take people on that journey with you and and not necessarily just sell the role, but but sell everything that goes around with kind of being a just an empathetic recruiter, which uh, we don't have the best reputations of in this in, in this space, right? 
Well, yeah. I mean, what I love about the industry is that you can be absolutely anyone and make a success of yourself. It doesn't matter about your socioeconomic background. It doesn't matter about creed, color, race, gender. You can make you can make yourself as successful in you can make yourself a success in recruitment. The other problem is is that absolutely anyone can join. So it doesn't matter what your behavioral issues are that you can that you can make a success by having some really poor attitudes and therefore people remember those things. Yeah. I mean, dare I dare I start using it as a marketing tool, but you know, it's those things around what has happened in our industry over a certain, you know, however many years. I can't remember what the stat is. Is it something that we're five times more likely to to rant about something than we are to rave about something? <laughs> something like that. So along those lines. And so we then, therefore, are more likely to take to Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Google. And, and if you ever do a search around why recruiters are and let it autofill, you should see some of the results. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, yeah, that sounds that sounds dangerous to be honest. You know, what I mean, and slightly, probably slightly depressing as well. Um, but today, what we're going to talk about, we're going to kind of ch- we're going to tune into that a little bit, right? Because I thought what would be a good idea is if we talk to some of the businesses out there that probably you've, you know, you, you kind of the, the types of business you work with, the types of business that Thinking Circles work with, who are either just starting up, who have just started up, maybe a year or so old, and some of the things that between us we think are important that sometimes can get dropped off the radar because you know you're incredibly busy your time and resource short but actually things that in the long term to medium term can really kind of play out to 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 make you a better better business right and more successful business so i think that's a great place to kind of start and um and you know you kick us off right what are kind of some of the things just off the top what you think we should be considering well, well, like I say, um, so I started, I started up myself a couple of years ago, and there's a lot of things that you can think about whilst, I guess, being in the business and being on the, working on the business at the same time. So I guess I'd, I'd, I'd want to split it up in the exact same way, because even as a trainer, I found myself working in the business a lot rather than on. And therefore, my strategy, my, my plan of action, my go-to-market kind of, you know, kind of playbook had gone out the window at, a vari- at various points. So I guess from the first point of the first port of call is have a plan yeah. and have a you know have a have a one year three year five year plan and be able to hold yourself and help and, and get someone else to help you be accountable to it whether it's a coach whether it's someone that you trust whether it's someone that you that you value as a mentor figure whatever that looks like have a have a plan that someone else can be accountable to yeah. but then I guess we've got to talk about the stuff that's in the business as well so. What generally tends to happen is people rely on their old networks. People people are either out on restrictive covenants. So you're building something from from either scratch or on, on a knowledge base that is a little bit lower than you'd like to like to be. And so, what people seem to forget in the world of recruitment that actually your first six months, whether it's as a business owner or as a rookie recruiter, is essentially one massive marketing exercise. And that's not me saying that just because I'm on I'm on a marketing rules podcast. <laughs> but if you think about but if you think about what you're doing at the moment, what you're trying to do is get your name out in the marketplace. And whether that is, you know, whether that is as a good recruiter, whether it's as a good person, whether it is as a knowledgeable person in your marketplace, 
all you're doing at the moment is trying to get those things. And you know what? Jobs will come in as, as a byproduct of doing that really well. So it's about your outreach. So it's about the, the LinkedIn outreach. It's a bit, it's, it's about the, I guess, the emails, the how do we build up a great database of people that are really bought into us? And I wish I could say that's all sales, but unfortunately, James, I guess that's all marketing because you're A-B testing on on the, the messaging that you put out to people because you are, you're checking out different types of emails to see whether they fit. You're actually looking at things from a, hopefully from a, an empathetic perspective and realizing actually what would make me respond to those, to those messages, whether yeah. I was a candidate or a client. And so if I take the candidate side to start off with, because every good business starts with having some great candidates to speak to, because again, it's not like you can, it, it just like most businesses without a, without a product offering, what can you do? So if you are going to engage with people, the first thing that you want to think about is in this particular market, what is going to make people want to move? What is going to make people want to move away from the relative safety of their current job where, where, they, where they're safe, they're settled, they've got training, they've got coaching, they've got everything that they need and a progression plan to be able to go to the relative uncertainty of a new job where they could be last in first out or you see the, is it LIFO, the acronym? Um, <laughs> You know, you you have those particular things. You don't have all the same benefits. You potentially don't have all those increased circumstances, and so you've got to think about what is going to make someone going to move from that situation. And once you once you understand that, the outreach can become a lot easier to deal with. I mean, from your perspective, what are you seeing? Kind of people do or not do that's that could be really easy fixes. So. Um, I'm going to kind of pick up some of the kind of points that you made as well. So, so with a plan, right? You know, the amount of businesses who don't do that, right? That we see who kind of start off their business, amount of, and you, you know what? It, it's more of a thought exercise doing a, a business plan than it is anything else. You don't have to even stick to it, right? Most businesses don't stick to it. It's about actually putting something pen to paper and and doing that. So, anyone who's listening who's maybe a, a, a recruiter or just about to start their own business or has even done it over the last kind of couple of years and hasn't written a plan, it's still always worth doing because it's just, it's, it's a kind of philosophical exercise. So you can kind of put your brain into a slightly different space and take it out of working in the business to working on the business, which is the great point that you kind of made. So do it. And even if you don't ever look at it again, it's just an exercise to, to, to go through. The other things that we're kind of, I guess that we're, we're kind of, we're seeing is, um, is is just kind of just bad communication from from our from agencies right and that's always the kind of thing that is it kind of seems to be a bit not necessarily ubiquitous it's nowhere near as bad as it was right but and when i talk about bad communication it's just it's, it, it, that constitutes of no communication right as well mm-hmm. you know that is one of the things that and we have every kind of tool at our disposal uh, in in this day and age within the recruitment space to communicate with people, whether it is, you know, podcasts, whether it is YouTube, whether it's live streaming, whether it's WhatsApp groups, whether it's other communities, whether it's Slack, if you're in the, in the IT space, whether it's Discord, whether it's Red, there's all these places where you can communicate. I mean, you even with, forgot TikTok and Instagram. Well, it, it, you know, it's so last year, you know, you know, <laughs> but all these, there are all these places, right, where you can have, you have a touch point, right? And, you know, and I, I speak a lot about this when it comes to kind of building your brand, you know, every place you've got a touch point, is a point is a point is a touch point with your brand right and everyone who has any interaction with you is kind of has that interaction with your brand and has the potential of being what we all want them to be either referrers advocates and in and in, in the recruitment space 
you know, potentially become a client and potentially become a candidate as well. So there's all yeah, of that. Totally. But people just not getting that, thinking that's such a big job to do. And actually it's better to, you know, ghost people and, 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 and worry about those consequences as opposed to actually try and keep in contact with people. Shazami is the latest and best enterprise-grade recruitment website technology globally and is fully integrated into your ATS. There are no locking contracts, as we believe constantly high service levels and cutting-edge, easy-to-use technology should make you never want to leave. Recruitment website success equals Shazami. Visit shazami.com for more information. Yeah, and, and, just, and I think it's also important to remember that we've all ghosted people before you know it's not you know it's okay to have done it it's what you've learned from the experience and why you and almost kind of doing a bit of a post-mortem on it thinking why you did it and most and, and, and from the research that i do because i speak to lots of recruiters i guess i've 12 I've trained over 1200 maybe 1300 now mm-hmm. um you know essentially we try to avoid an uncomfortable conversation or something that we think is going to be more uncomfortable than it, in, in, you know, in, in, you know, yeah, in invariably turns out to be, and so we've got to frame it and in a way that maybe isn't uncomfortable. Maybe if you if that person hasn't got the job, that's okay. Mm. You know, it's okay that people don't get jobs. You are going to be placing less than ten to fifteen percent of all people that you put forward to interview, and that's not that's not a stat that's that, that I've cut that that's kind of come up with. You just look at it from. A, a general perspective, if you're working two or three jobs, you're probably sending seven or eight can, uh, candidates to interview, of which maybe one, maybe two get, get, get a job. You know, that's just the, yeah. the, 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 the cold, hard fact of, of the world of recruitment. So what happens to all those conversations that you've had with people that have already gone through this amazing process with you and then didn't get the job? What we generally tend to do is leave them out in the cold or just, to, or just give them, oh, I didn't, you know, it, you weren't quite, weren't quite right for us. Whereas actually, that person can therefore be a really good advocate of your service because what we generally tend to do, and, and, and you'll tell me about, I'm sure you'll, you'll, you, you're a better exponent of net promoter scores and this, that, and the other than I am. But a net promoter score is usually done on satisfaction from usually people who have gone through the service. But it's actually looking at those people that haven't had the full service and have still had an amazing experience they're the ones that become your biggest advocates in the marketplace. So how are you going to speak to all those people that maybe you didn't place and go, well, actually, I'm really sorry that we weren't able to place you. And, and in all honesty, the feedback that I've got from the client isn't enough to help you. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to find you other opportunities based on the fact that, you know, based on the fact that you were really good for this company, you're bound to be great for another couple of companies. So the, 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 the usual response that kind of comes from that is, oh, we, because we've got so many people applying, we've got so many kind of so much coming in that we just can't handle it all, uh, yep. which isn't an excuse these days, right? Because there's ways of the ways of automating that kind of response. Well, so, you know, I mean, I stopped recruiting, well, in, re- in, in earnest on a desk five years, uh, five years ago. And even then, there was all the technology at your disposal to be able to, even if it was off a job board, you can green, amber, and red people based on the based on the job board that you used, and send messages out to those people who were all in red, and you can you can easily base it based on whether they, you know, I guess there were people who didn't have the right to work in the UK or didn't have the right skill set, and you can actually just just nitpick and 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 send little emails just to say, look, 
on this occasion, you weren't quite right because we are looking for a UK citizen, but I'd love to keep in touch. Yeah. And the amount of people that would come back to me and just say, oh my God, this is the first email that I've had of this in months. And that makes and that makes you just think, oh my God, is, is common courtesy and, and common sense just two of the things that are missing from our day-to-day -day job because we're just so in the moment that we forget to apply little things that maybe what, that took a, an extra three, four minutes out of my day? but it can have a lasting impact on, on your brand. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the interesting thing as well, isn't it? Because, you know, without getting kind of too hit up in, in, in how branding works, but you know, your, your, the, all those little outreaches affects your personal brand and the brand and the larger brand of the business that you're either, you know, cultivating or that you work for. Right. And all of it can have that on all of it can have a positive, negative or passive effect right and that's what you want to get over and, and to come to your point about net promoter score if anybody's kind of listening and not heard of mps it's worth kind of it's a very simple kind of formula for understanding um uh if someone was is a kind of uh, an advocate of your business basically you'll all have received and you'll all have tried, tried to score someone or something a product or services from yeah, one to on, ten on a, you know, one to ten how likely are you to, to refer us to a friend product, or colleague service, yeah, yeah exactly and that, that, that and that can be and that can be adapted uh, in the recruitment space and is being to be used within the re recruitment space and i think um uh probably to kind of i think once you go down that route you then suddenly think well NPS has its kind of limitations you start kind of branching out to other other those kind of advocacy scores but it's a good place to start to understand and it's very simple it's quick and easy to roll out right yeah, totally. And and the thing is, what I what I noticed when we started it or started the process off at S three, the issues that you usually face are people don't realise what a good score is. People have a limit on what they're going to give. Um, you know, some, you know, it's a bit like the old football analogy of people could score a hat trick, but in in the newspapers they'll still only be given an eight out of ten because that's the most that they'll ever give. Yeah. And so there's there's lo those little dynamics that you have to navigate. And people don't really realize that it's actually only a nine or 10 out of 10 that is yeah. seen as a as a true positive. Yeah. Because a seven or, is it a seven or eight or a six, seven or eight? That no, is a, nine, yeah, I, I, you can look at, you can Google it, but it's nine and 10 are the kind of advocates. Yeah. And then, then basically you either get the passives and then you get the kind of negatives ones at the bottom. And, exactly. and you, passive. you minus either with the scores together. You minus and multiply the scores. And then, and that's yeah, the point I was coming up. Yeah, the point that I was going to come on to was the fact that if you know if you scored seventy or eighty percent in any other walk of life, that would be deemed as excellent, and and so that's why people potentially give those give those particular yeah. scores out because they think that is excellence in in university. If you get seventy, that's a first that's a first class degree. So obviously, we then need to educate people what that that service needs to look like to be a nine or ten to these people to then be able to give those scores out, which therefore you know brings us back nicely onto the service. And what is the service that you are offering? What we're not very good at with our candidates and our clients is showcasing the life cycle from start to finish. They don't actually know the work that gets done by recruiters to be able to find people their role or be able to find you know, candidates for a company. Because people don't realize that the yes, there's a lot of technology being used, and but there there is a Boolean search, and we do look at how many keywords come up on a Boolean search. But we're also there working with candidates who, invariably, because we're not very good as 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 British people of of selling ourselves, we don't write very good CVs, and we miss things off, or we try and write fifteen years worth of experience in in a, in a paragraph or conversely six months in three pages <laughs> and so 
and so it's and unfortunately i wouldn't say anything in between because it seems to be doesn't seem to be that that it seems to be very polar in how people do things and so if we're having to have conversations to get this information out of people to understand what skill sets they've had that they might not have necessarily talked about it's it's and so it's, it's a crazy thing right that we're still there right after all this time right you know that you know we have these conversations around kind of the cv being dead or not and we're still having trouble actually writing them you know what i mean it's kind of you know we haven't actually cracked the first bit you know um but you know from your perspective and the businesses that you yeah. kind of you, you work with right you know for the ones who are kind of in their earlier stages let's say because i know you you kind of coach kind of you know people coming into the space or people who are new into space mm-hmm. or new in you know what does that kind of you know if you're kind of coaching someone in in you know what does that look like? So if you say, look, first six months, you, these are the things you need to kind of concentrate on. You know what I mean? How does that, yeah. how does that look? It looks, to be honest, it looks really bespoke. So we look at, so, so when I work with a, a newish business, um, we look at it and go, like I say, what's the plan first and foremost, understand what the plan is and how we can then help create stuff around the plan. And it's, it, it can be, it can fall into a number of different things. And it's looking as if, you know, a lot of people end up getting, again, that, that a stereotype of, of the fact that people think that they need to do absolutely everything in the business when they first start one. So, you know, they need to be, you know, they need to be the salesperson, they need to be the office manager, they need to be the, the painter and decorator, they need to be the, the marketing, the marketing yep. specialist. And then we get all this tech to try and help us on our way. But the problem is what we've got up there isn't quite ready to use the tech. Like I could, I could try and create a marketing platform using Canva. Am I going to? No, because I'm not a marketer and I don't know enough about it. And so it's working with, so what I end up doing is work with companies to look at what can be, what can be taken by them, what's in their strengths. It's almost like doing a bit of a SWOT analysis with people and going, What, where do you see your strengths and weaknesses and what can be done with those weaknesses and what can we do to keep building on those strengths? Because if you're a BD person but doesn't like doesn't like candidate acquisition, there's stuff for that. You know, yeah. you can you can you can outsource a lot of that. If like me, you're not very good at marketing. There are so many there are so many really good things that you can do, whether it's using someone like yourselves or, you know, there's there's freelancers via Fiverr and Upwork or whatever you do. Just have a think about if I was charging myself out, what hourly charge would I be looking for? And would I be doing the task that I'm doing for that money? Yeah, it's a great point, right? You know, um, I talk about this a lot as well in some of the kind of presentations as, as you know, as startups, which, which, you know, which hat are you wearing today, right? Is it your, you know, admin hat, your accountancy hat, your marketing hat, you know, and you can't wear them all because you just look stupid, right? So you can only really wear one or two hats at any one time. Mm-hmm. And even then you still look a bit stupid from a man who's wearing a hat right now. You know what I mean? It is, it is, you know, you've got to kind of concentrate on what pull, pull to your strengths. The obvious thing is like no one, you know, when you're starting a business, you don't do your own accounts, right? You're crazy mm-hmm. if you want to do that because you're not an accountant. That's not what you do. So the, the fact that, you know, as you kind of eloquently put it, you need to kind of outsource basically what you don't want to do. And as recruitment has become more and more complex, you know, uh, probably for the for the better to a certain extent, you need to be able to kind of 
move off or move out or, or you know take those hats and give them to someone else to do on your behalf basically whether that is the marketing yeah. whether it is the kind of whatever else you know probably not going to do your own it that kind of stuff right all that kind of stuff it's absolutely like yeah, obvious yeah there are some really good yeah, there are some really good places to go there are some great growth partners out there um i've been working with a growth partner myself in the what they do for me is get rid of, you know, kind of find the right CRM, you know, because, oh my God, how many hours can that take for someone in, especially in recruitment? And because recruitment CRMs, there's hundreds of them and all of them do ever so slightly different things. And, you know, it's, it's looking at those particular aspects. For me, you were hundred percent right. It was accounting, but, you know, I'm not, you know, I'd like to think I'm quite good at maths, but accounting, not a chance so why not get either some 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 technology or the help of someone that can do that and luckily my 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 kind of growth partner helps me with that because he then takes all of that stuff found found some tech i've now just got an app where i just have to put all my receipts down he's gonna have a go because i still have those receipts to do um (laughs) but but it's it just makes your life so much easier because then it means i can get into training coaching consulting but I think the thing that holds some businesses back and, and recruiters back at this point is because they're mm-hmm. gonna they're thinking, well, it will cost money, right? Well, you know that's that you 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 can't really start new businesses on a shoestring, right? You need a bit of you need some kind of backing. You can do it for for for, for uh, you know almost, uh, on on a shoestring, but you're probably then that's your mindset moving forward, right? Mm-hmm. Is you're gonna try and you're gonna be fairly tight with a business. Whereas actually, I mean, one of the things I've learned is you know spend money where you need to spend money right that is kind of that that's kind of my ethos with 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 my business and what we try and kind of you know uh, expect from our from our clients is you know you need to spend money to to you know I'm not going to say to make money because that's just that's just crass but you, there are certain areas where you need to kind of have a budget for because it's going to make your life a damn sight easier if you try and do it on a shoestring then it kind of just all falls a bit flat i think i think what what we generally tend to fall in the trap of is cost versus value exactly and and i've again i've had to learn that the hard way because i tried to I tr- so for example for a crm i just tried to use excel for the first year yeah exactly what a stupid move that was especially when there are such amazing free crms out there for for fledgling businesses so then realized hang on that helps and then you know and 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 that was because i was just too busy thinking about the cost because i had a business partner at the time and i just thought cost 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 because I wanted to make sure that the profit, the bottom line was as profitable as it could be. But then I realized the amount of time that I've spent sequencing, um, you know, creating mass, mass emails that make sense to people, um, you know, really fortunate that the person that I've hired has now started off a, a brand new, a brand new kind of email campaign where we can drip feed bits and pieces of exciting news each week, um, or business development tips. And it's like, you know, all these weird, wonderful things that can then hopefully build business of, of the of the medium to longer term. Sure, you look at your short term and go, right, where am I? Where's my next where's my next deal? Where's my next next meal coming from? But that comes from but you've got to have a look at your short term goals as well as your medium to long term goals. And don't just stray off the off the medium to long term because, you know, but I'll be honest, one of my medium to long term goals was to be part of a networking group. And that's how we met. Exactly. And and so for me, you know, that was a really big thing because, you know, in most networking groups, you have to pay some money, which is absolutely fine. But it's the it's the knowledge, it's the expertise, it's the it, I, I hate using the word exposure, but it is great to have access to lots of different people. And and so it's it's how do you view your your short to medium term goals and the money that you spend to make those things happen? Yeah. Um, 
Bobby, there's some absolutely great tips. Uh, um, hopefully, uh, if you've been uh, listening to this, you've uh, there's enough to kind of take away if you are kind of starting your own business. Um, Bobby, as always, we are going to include all of your details in the show notes. If anybody wants to know about you uh, or your business, they can kind of uh, reach out. Um, but for now, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. No worries. Look forward to another one soon. <laughs> Thanks for listening. And don't forget, you can subscribe to the Marketing Rules podcast on Apple, Spotify, and all other major podcasting platforms. I've been your host, James Whitelock, and I hope you can join me and more amazing guests next time. The Marketing Rules Podcast is a Thinking Circles production.